الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان لا يوم الدين أما بعد فعن بذر الغفاري رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما يروي عن ربه عز وجل أنه قال يا عبادي إني حرمت الظلم على نفسي وجعلته بينكم محرما فلا تظالموا يا عبادي كلكم ضال إلا من هديته فاستهدوني أهدكم يا عبادي كلكم جائع إلا من أطعمته فاستطعموني أطعمكم يا عبادي كلكم عار إلا من كسوته فاستكسوني أكسكم يا عبادي إنكم تخطئون بالليل والنهار وأنا أغفر الذنوب جميعا فاستغفروني أغفر لكم يا عبادي إنكم لن تبلغوا ضري فتضروني ولن تبلغوا نفعي فتنفعوني يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم ما زاد ذلك في ملكي شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أفجر قلب رجل واحد منكم ما نقص ذلك من ملكي شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم قاموا في صعيد واحد فسألوني فأعطيت كل واحد مسألته ما نقص ذلك مما عندي شيئا إلا كما ينقص المخيط إذا أدخل البحر يا عبادي إنما هي أعمالكم أحصيها لكم ثم أوفيكم إياها فمن وجد خيرا فليحمد الله ومن وجد غير ذلك فلا يلومن إلا نفسه رواه مسلم Alhamdulillah, brothers and sisters, we're continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, and we've reached hadith number 24. Hadith 23, we're skipping it because I had made a mistake and I read that hadith and explained it in one dars. So we've done number 23, now we are on hadith 24. And as we mentioned previously, the ahadith, the compilation of Imam al-Nawawi, this is those ahadith that discuss and relate to the fundamentals of Islam. So every hadith that is in this compilation, it covers some fundamental aspect and principles of the deen. And in this hadith, we will see it is an amazing hadith and a hadith Qudsi, and a hadith Qudsi as given in the tafsir of Mullah Ali Qari rahimahullah. It's wal hadith alladhi يبينه النبي بلفظه وينسبه إلى ربه والحديث الذي يبينه النبي بلفظه وينسبه إلى ربه It is the hadith, the words that the Prophet ﷺ, he, it's the words of Allah, right? It's the words of Allah through the tongue of the Messenger ﷺ. So it's a revelation or an inspiration in the heart of the Messenger. It is Allah's words. But it is uttered through the tongue of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Like for example, you tell me a story And then your story, I say it in my words Do you see what I'm saying? So it's rephrased or narrated by the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam So this is point number one, it's a Hadith Qudsi Allah Azza wa Jal Himself directly is giving us some amazing points here. In this hadith, there is very clear 
realities about the asmad and the sifat of Allah Azza wa Jal, the relationship of Allah with His creation. Allah Ta'ala, in every point you'll see, He's saying, Ya ibadi, Ya ibadi, Ya ibadi, O my slaves. It shows the relationship between Allah and with His creation. At every point, at every juncture, there is a specific thing that the Prophet والسلام, is highlighting, something specific that Allah Azza wa Jal wants us to know. And as we go through each one and discuss it, you'll see how powerful is um, this hadith and how great it is. Inshallah, we'll begin. Abu Dhar Ghifari, rahimahullah, wa radiya anhu. He narrates from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who narrates from Allah azza wa jal, that, Ya ibadi, inni harramtu dhulma ala nafsi, wa ja'altuhu baynakum muharraman fala tadhalamu. The first thing that Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that, O oh my slaves, verily I have made haram upon myself. I have forbidden upon myself injustice. Just this point you have to understand. This is the answer to many, many questions in this world. Many of those, right, philosophical questions. Why is there, you know, why, why did God create evil in this world? It is evil from your perspective. Nothing is evil from the perspective of Allah Azza wa Jal. A child, you take him to the doctor and the child is getting an injection. The child thinks that this doctor is the most evil. This doctor is what? The name of the doctor is Dr. Evil. Why? Because this Dr. Evil is giving me an injection and hurting me. And even some children, they're looking at their mom and dad. Why are you giving me and to, this, to this butcher that he's putting this needle in my arm? Isn't it? If you look at it from the perspective of that child, that doctor is the biggest zalim. He's the biggest oppressor. He's the most unjust. He's persecuting. He's doing injustice. He's torturing me. He's barbaric. Isn't it? And this is exactly what all the people who see the happenings in this creation and they say how could there be a merciful God when all of this is happening it's the same thing that the child says how could this doctor be good when he is doing this to me you don't know the complicated story behind what is a vaccine and then you tell the child, well, you see, there's some of this sickness we're putting inside of you so that the sickness will fight any other sickness. That... The child is like, I don't even know what on earth is going on here. What are you doing? This is, this is insane. This is insanity. Even worse, you're putting sickness inside of me. You understand? Hey, look at it. all of the adults are laughing, but we do it. Atheists, this is exactly their thinking. He calls the people of the world Kodakon. They're nothing but childish, immature kids. They're not Ruhaniyan. The word that he has for the people who are the Arifin. Arafu al Haq wa Arafu al Kaun. Min al Quran wa min ta'limat al Anbiya. They've understood and recognized, like what we learn here. These are the wisdoms of the prophets, the wisdoms, the divine wisdoms of the Quran and the hikam. What do we learn? Al-hikam al-ilahiyya. What do we learn? Is that we laugh. You see how you're laughing right now? Because you understand. 
the system that yes, and then those people that don't take their kids to get vaccinated, bad mom and dad, bad mommy and daddy, and those people that listen to everything that their kids, giving the kids chocolate and giving the kids ice cream. One time, my, my son, he's like, give me that Coke. He just had some, I said, Coke? You're going to drink, you're going to drink Coke after cookies? Yeah. I said, okay, here. Coke. After Coke, ice, you want ice cream? Yeah, give me ice cream too. After, co- after cookies, then you're going to drink Coke, and then you're going to drink, eat, eat. And I imagine a parents that give them exactly what they ask. Imagine that Allah that gives you exactly what you ask for. Your cookies and your Coke and your ice cream is on a different level. Give me. Give me this, give me that, give me everything. So our cookies and our ice cream and our cake and is a different, these are all, like a symbolic analogy. And when mom and dad doesn't give it, you're such a bad mom and dad, I hate you, American kids. Try saying I hate you to Philistine parents and you get a sandal in your face. Right? You get a chappal. So you understand what's happening? Understand this premise. This is so powerful in that Allah doesn't say, you know, Zulm is haram. You're not supposed to, you know, Zulm is bad. He says, I have made oppression and Zulm haram upon myself. Haram. Can there be anything haram upon Allah? Can there be anyone who can impose anything about, uh, upon uh, the Creator? Nobody. But He has taken this upon Himself to make us understand a very important point. I understood this from a different perspective. Okay, oppression. Allah made it haram. No, it's for us to understand that anything that happens in this creation, never ever think that this can be out of any wrath of God or anger or... or, or, or uh, injustice from God or evil billah from God inni ala nafsi I have made haram upon myself injustice so therefore understand that after this statement anything that happens and anything that goes there cannot be the io- slightest iota fraction right millifraction of a injustice in anything that Allah Ta'ala does as we you know studied uh, we read in tafsir wama ana bidhallam lil abid wama ana bidhallam lil abid and i am not an oppressor upon my slaves wama zalamnahum walakin kanu anfusahum yadhlimun and we did not wrong them rather they wronged themselves allahu akbar so now the magnitude what do we realize? If Allah Ta'ala has made something haram upon Himself, the magnitude of this is such, how can you imagine somebody else now doing zulm? If Allah Azza wa Jal, the one who has a right to do whatever He wants to do, fa'alul lima yurid. What is Allah Azza wa Jal? Fa'alul lima yurid. He does whatever He wills. If He has made haram upon Himself injustice, how much more unlawful and evil do you think it is that if for you to do it? Now, what is the definition of zulm? Let's go into that. 
The definition of dhulm given generally by the shurrah of hadith, linguistically, I think you can go a little bit more deeper into it from uh, the Arabic, you know, lisan al-Arab and, you know, tajul arus and lisan al-Arab and all these other different uh, qawamis. You have a lot of discussions in the uh, root of the word and, and the etymology and so on and so forth. But generally what they say is Zulm is to put something where it does not belong to place something where it doesn't belong now why do we call a tyrant zalim if this is the meaning of zulm why do we call a tyrant or a dictator Somebody, this is a dhalim, or somebody who beats up somebody else, innocent bystander. We say this person is a dhalim, he's a dhalim. Why? It's because he's putting his qudra, the strength and the power that Allah gave him, he's putting it in a place where it doesn't belong. Do you get that? Your strength and your power should be used to help people. Your strength and your power shouldn't be used to do injustice to people, to put people down, to bully people. This is called a zalim because he's putting his authority instead of helping people, he's putting his authority to usurp people, to take advantage of people, to hurt people. That qudra, that strength, that power that God gave you, now you're not implementing it in order to benefit people. You're implementing it in order to harm people. You're putting something where it doesn't belong. Where is the mawdi'u al-istishhad? لهذا التعريف للظلم قال الله عز وجل إن الشرك لظلم عظيم This is how the more appropriate definition of ظلم يعني بالنسبة إلى وضع الشيء في غير محله It's used and the istishad that the ulama give is for this ayah إن الشرك لظلم عظيم I think it's in Surah Luqman Allah عز وجل says يا بني لا تشرك بالله إن الشرك لظلم عظيم Verily, shirk, ascribing partners to Allah, is a, is a huge dhulm. Now, what was dhulm that we said? It's putting something where it doesn't belong. So now, shirk is putting something where it doesn't belong? Yes, you are worshipping, you are placing your worship where it doesn't belong. Your worship belongs to Allah, but you're putting it for an idol. So it is the greatest shirk. It, I mean, it's the greatest dhul. It is the greatest act of putting something where it does not belong. You have this ability of worship to thank the Creator. Allah put the, you know, inside of you the madda to make shukr. The madda to make ibadah, the, 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 the ability, the, the, you know, the, the, the substance within you to worship, the substance within you to be grateful. And where are you putting that? You're putting it in the wrong place. You're putting it in front of an idol. Did the idol feed you? Did the idol create you? Right? So, this is the definition of dhulm to put something where it does not belong.
And in those situations where a person gives a wrong, uh, a person uh, misappropriates, and you do a judgment against somebody who is, for example, innocent, you have placed your, right, your ruling in the wrong place. This is a dhulm. And in any other way to not fulfill the right of someone who is due right, a person, as is mentioned in the hadith, that near the end of time, a person will take into consideration their friends and they will disregard their parents. Their friends will be brought near and their parents will be, right, disregarded. Yani, their hukuk will not be established. This is a dhulm. So dhulm can manifest itself and manifests in many ways in the rights of the slaves of Allah Azza wa You understand? That's the objective of hukuk al-ibad, to avoid placing something where it does not belong. And placing something where it belongs, this is adl. Now, adil is what? Justice. Adil is to place things where they belong. This is adil. Anyways. I have made zulm haram upon myself. And I have made it haram that you should do it to one another. So do not do zulm. This is message number one before anything else. Just imagine if there would be no message after this. People would just implement this. Would there be any Russia uh, attacking Ukraine? Or would there be you know, any, any of this type of things that are going on and bullies and people getting used and uh, you know, one group of people يَسْتَطْعِفُونَ right? طَائِفَةً They're making one group persecuting them taking advantage of them, belittling them, making them downtrodden, or this caste systems that people have, none of that would, would happen. Just if dhulm would be removed from this world, so much peace would come. The source of all lack of peace in this world, the source of all war in this world, is that people don't have this concept of adl. And hence, you see all the dhulm that's happening. If we don't say anything after that, if a person were just to make this intention, I will not do zulm in my life. I will not do zulm to my parents. I will not do zulm to my spouse. I will not. And I, see, like I said, that word oppress does not really fulfill the haq of this word. Because if you say, I'm not going to oppress my wife, or I'm not going to oppress my mom, you know, oppression seems like more like, you know, somebody chaining somebody in the basement somewhere and that that doesn't have to be the only way of oppression zulm actually means like not fulfilling somebody's right you owe somebody money but you don't give him what he is he's worthy of that's zulm shara'an you're not oppressing him it's not called oppression we don't call that persecution or oppression that's why i said that the word in english does not do justice to the arabic word you owe somebody money and you don't pay it back, فَقَدْ ظَلَمْتَهُ This is dhulm. A person owes somebody else money, he doesn't give it to him, ظَلَمَهُ شَرَعًا ظَلَمَهُ You following me? The next point 
يا عبادي كلكم ضال إلا من هديته فاستهدوني أهدكم Oh my slaves, all of you are lost. You're all lost. Fastahduni ahdikum. Ask me for guidance and I will guide you. This is so powerful. This is so powerful because the haqiqah and the reality of this existence is that all of humanity, they're in a state of bewilderment. They're in a state of being lost. They're wandering. That is why in every single salah, in every rakat, we, re we recite, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. The greatest gift of Allah to humanity is hidayah, guidance. And to understand the reality of how powerful this is, Imam al-Ghazali gives this example. He says, imagine a person lost in the middle of a jungle. And in that middle of the jungle, it's almost time for nightfall and it's, the sun is setting and he's lost his way and he looks north, everything looks trees and south, it's all trees and east and west, everything looks the same and the sun is setting and he's going to end up, you know, here in, 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 in the jungle, in the forest with no way out. He doesn't know where he's going, he doesn't know where he's at and the sun is about to set and he is going to be stuck here with no provisions. Now imagine he said somebody comes out of nowhere, right, and gives him a map. That map is his salvation, right? And not only that, he says, here, take this lantern. And not only that, he says, I have this map, and I give you this lantern, and you can follow me. I'll show you the direction. So Imam al-Ghazali said, for that person who is lost in the jungle, what is the greatest gift that anybody could give him? is guidance, showing him the way. He said, the analogy, this analogy is like the world that we are in. We are all in this jungle of the world lost. The kitabullah and the kutub samawiyah that are revealed to humanity, that is our guide, that is our map, road map. And that lamp is the teachings. The lamp, the lantern, is the teachings in that book that opens the way. And the guide is the prophets. Imagine. Not only did Allah Azza wa give us the map, He also gave us the light and He also gave us the guide. So we see that all of humanity, they are lost. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the messengers, through the kitabs, to their guidance, to those teachings, to the wisdom of the Anbiya alayhi salam, He is the one who gives us guidance. The, so, the, the, the sole condition of humanity is in a state of loss, in a state of bewilderment. Ya ibadi kullukum ja'i'un illa man at'amtuhu fastat'imuni ut'imkum Next he says, O oh my slaves, all of you are hungry and impoverished. All of you are impoverished, except the one who I nourish. So seek it from me, and I, will, and I will nourish you. I will take care of you. What else does it show us? Right? That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withholds the rain from the heavens, bring all the technology together, 
bring all the advancements together. They cannot squeeze a, a, a single drop of water from the clouds. This is where Allah Ta'ala's risk comes from. And in the heavens is your risk that descends. Our state is a state of impoverishment. Our state is a state of mis misguidance and loss, being lost. This is humanity. Our guidance, which is spiritual nourishment, comes from Allah. And our food, which is physical nourishment, comes from Allah. Ya ibadi, kullukum arin illa man kasautuhu, fastaksuni aksikum. Oh, my slaves, all of you are naked. Oh, my slaves, all of you are naked except the one who I clothe. So seek clothing from me and I will clothe you. And the reality of this, it could be, yani haqiqatan, al muradu minhu, right? That nakedness. But in another, in another reality is, Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who gives izzah and dhillah. The, it could mean literal meaning, I am the one who clothes you, you're naked, and I am the one who clothes you. In reality, when we're born in this world, how are we born? We're born naked. If it happens that the mother and father leave that child, right, who is there that will pick that child up and take care of that child? There's an interesting thing that they showed that somebody had aborted their child and took it and actually left it in a sewer. It was an unwanted pregnancy, so the person took this child and literally left it in the sewer to die. They actually have the video. It's mind-boggling. Sewer. Gutter. You know the gutter? The Kenarab and Nakhta Budish. The Kenarab. So he took the child and threw it inside of this gutter and sewer. And the sound of that child, a dog heard the sound of that child. And the dog came and pulled this child out and started licking this child until people of the city, they started hearing the cries and then they came and they found the child. Allah Azza wa Jal makes it such and then that child grew up and the people clothed the child. Allah clothed that child. That he sent a dog to save that child. It is Allah that clothed it in actuality. That Allah sent a dog to save that child whose life was written in this world. What we have to realize is Allah clothes us. We, the clothes that we wear on our back, this hadith reminds us that the clothes that you wear on your back, you think that you even have taqa and hawl and quwa fi hadha. You have a strength and you have a power over this. Whereas, what is the dua when wearing clothes? That when you wear clothes, the dua of libas, subhanallah, look at how much the prophetic sunnah, the prophetic way, is so in accordance with the fitrah and the teachings. There's so much muwafaqah and mutabaqah. He says, Alhamdulillah, alladhi kasani hadha thawba. 
وسمى يعني ال سمى ذاك ذاك الشيء يعني الحمد لله الذي كساني هذه القلنصوه او هذه العمامه او هذا الحذاء وهذا الخف whatever الحمد لله الذي كساني هذا الثوب ورزقنيه من غير حول مني ولا قوه سبحان الله صلى الله عليه وسلم all thanks be to Allah who gave me this shirt who gave me these trousers who gave me this uh, uh, turban وَرَزَقَنِيهِ and he provided me with it مِنْ غَيْرِ حَوْلٍ مِنِّي وَلَا قُوَّةٍ without any power in and of myself and any strength that I have done there is no there is nothing that I have done in this this is such a Yani the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, we were discussing Hafsab, some of the, the highest level of yog. The highest level of yog in Hindu tradition is what they call bhakti yog. I was studying a little bit of Hindu uh, philosophy, Hindu tradition. So one of the things that I realized that original Hindu tradition is monotheism. They are actually pure monotheists. And through time, just like many other religions, they came and they became misguided. My, my point is this, to be conscious of every smallest thing and to be with God in everything that we do, this is the highest level of spiritual consciousness. And when I was reading this yoga, Right, yoga. Yoga means a path. Tariqa. It means a tariqa. So they have also tariqa. The whole religion is called yoga, tariqa. So they're the highest manifestation of tariqa for them is bhakti. And bhakti, it comes from, you know, bhagat, which is like worship. It's like complete godly devotion. Complete godly devotion that in everything you do, you have to bring to your consciousness the reality of God. And they say this is the highest level of spiritual consciousness in Hindu tradition. Highest level of yoga is bhakti. This is interesting. One yogi, he was saying that... <clears throat> one of the kings was speaking to one of the avatars, their yogi leaders. And you know, they believe in karma. So they said that you will continue to suffer, O king, from your previous life, from the sins of your previous life, you will continue to suffer in this world. He says, I remember my previous life. I did not commit sins. He said, then from your other life before that he says I remember that as well he must have been you know very high level king he said I remember that as well remember this, this, this is just stories but my point is I'll get to the point in the end he said but then from your third life he said my, I, my memory doesn't go that far, that far my memory doesn't go that far he said then you will continue to suffer Right? The karma. Because they believe in karma. That you get reincarnated like as a rat or you get reincarnated as, you know, if you're a rat in this life, then you're going to be a, 
Right? Like something like, you know, you, 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 get the, you, get the, you get the karma of this and you're re, you know, reincarnated in something else. And there's no proof for this in reality. And it is against the teachings of the Anbiya. But point being here is interesting that he said, then what can I do? Then that means that I will continuously suffer. He says, there is one way that this will literally scorch away all of your sins. Every evil, bad karma that you've had in all of your previous lives, all of it will be scorched away if you do this. And what is this? He says, this is bhakti. And bhakti is that in every act that you do to be conscious of the Creator. I said, what is this? is Islam. I said, man, where do you guys steal this from? I said, this is Islam. That when going to the bathroom, you enter with the right, left foot, and you say, Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubathi wal-khaba. When you come out of the bathroom, ghufranaka, alhamdulillahi alladhi adhaba anni al-adha wa'afani. The Prophet, alayhi salatu wassalam, the sunnah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِهِمْ Who are the people who are the highest level? أُلُو الْأَلْبَابِ أُلُو الْأَلْبَابِ الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِهِمْ Those who remember Allah sitting, standing and on their sides. The reality of the sunnah is what? That in every single moment you are in a state of God consciousness. So what they consider something that is called the highest level of yoga, right, is actually the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ for us. And sad is the state of our ignorant Muslims. May Allah guide our Muslims. Do you know what a Muslim said? What is this, all these things you people are talking about? These mullahs and these mulwis and this hadith enter into the toilet with the left foot and come out of the toilet with the right foot and do this with the right hand and do this with the left. What is that with these mulwis and mullahs, shias, ghayrik? Jor Whereas when you look at it from the perspective of the other religion, this is the highest level of consciousness. The highest level of spiritual awareness that at every moment, that every moment, with what foot and what, what dua in the sitting and standing, who was a person who was ذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات who was the ذاكر الله تعالى في كل أحيانه was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that in their definition was the highest level of God consciousness that scorches away all your sins that is Islam can you imagine? And this hadith, what is it telling us? That even the clothes on your back, this, which is the most insignificant thing that nobody ever thinks about this, right? When you put on your jacket, do you know there's a dua for that? When you wear a new cloth, I don't think that it's a sunnah every time you wear it, only when you get a new garment. This is the sunnah. It, well, you should also understand the correct Time of the sunnah. Not every time you put it. But when you're wearing it, then there is something, which is also God consciousness, to start with the right. And then when you're taking it out, to take out with the left. When you put it on, you put it on right, and then the left, and when you're taking it off, take off the left, and then the right. What are you doing? This is God consciousness. 
Because the Allah Azza wa Jal said about His Prophet, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهَ Follow the Messenger in everything he does. Because in everything he did, he did was in a state of God consciousness. Bhakti. Why are you laughing? This is interesting. You will learn a lot about your religion if you read other religions. But don't do it. Because if you don't know your own religion, then you're going to get lost. You know, you're like, oh wow, bhakti, yeah. Bhakti, what the heck are you talking about bhakti? The whole sunnah is, is that. Scorches away all of your karma. What are you talking about? Even, even they don't have a dua when they enter into the bathroom. That even emptying out your bowels is a source of the ma'rifah of Allah. Emptying out your bowels. Emptying out your, your stomach in the bathroom. This is a source. Sabab ma'rifatik ilahis. Ki khudaya, chi khudrati tu dori. Ki ira az wujudama dur kadi. This is that from to be conscious, Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us to be conscious of the most smallest thing, even the clothes on your back is from Allah Azza wa Jal. Ya ibadi innakum tukhtiuna bil layli wa nahar. Wa ana akfiru dhunuba jamia. Oh my slaves, verily, you commit sin night and day, and I forgive all sins. Fastaghfiruni akfilakum. So seek forgiveness from me and I will forgive you. What does this tell us? That the original state of human beings is not piety. That's not the original state of human beings. Maybe the Anbiya alimussalam without a doubt. The Anbiya, their state is, right, isma. They're masumin. They're pure of sins. But normal people, right, the regular citizens, right, they are people who our natural state is we, kullu bani adam all of Banu Adam, their They make abundant mistakes, but the best of those who make mistakes are those who make tawbah. So don't think yourself to be pious. Our original state is impoverishment. Our original state is nakedness. Our original state is misguidance. Our original state is sinning. If Allah were to leave you, that is why the dua comes that's related to this. Ya Hayu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Astaghith, Aslihli Shani Kulla, Wala Takilni Ila Nafsi Tarfatain. La Takilni Ila Nafsi Tarfatain. Don't leave me to myself for the blink of an eye. Why? Because when Allah, if Allah were to leave you to yourself, then what would He leave you? He would leave you naked. He would leave you misguided. He would leave you hungry. He would leave you in sin. Isn't it? This is our original state. Don't leave me to myself. What is the meaning? And in some, I don't think it's in the hadith, but if anybody knows, there's an addition that I heard many a'imma, they read it. فَإِن تَكِلْنِي إِلَى نَفْسِي وَكَلْتَنِي إِلَى ضَعْفٍ وَنَقْصٍ 
wa taqseer or something like that. They add some a'imma, they add this. La takilni la nafsi tarfata'in. Fa'in. Dain jamada? MashaAllah. See? MashaAllah. Beautiful. Fala takilni ila nafsi. Fa'in takilni ila nafsi. Tukarribni ila shar. Watubaidni min al khayr. وَإِنِّي لَا أَتَّكِلُ إِلَّا بِرَحْمَتِكَ Subhanallah. This is what, this is what this is some of the, the a'imma, it's not in the hadith, but the a'imma add this, فَإِن تَكِلْنِي إِلَى If you do leave me to myself, what have you left me to? This, you've left me to nakedness and impoverishment and misguidance and loss, right? فَإِن تَكِلْنِي إِلَى فَإِنَّكَ because if you leave me to myself, then you've left me and you've brought me near to evil. And then you have distanced me from good. MashaAllah. Jazakallah khair. Ya ibadi innakum lan tablugu durri fatadurruni wa lan tablugu naf'i fatanfa'uni. Another amazing statement. What Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us about my our. Uh, about himself. O my slaves, verily, your harm cannot reach me. Don't think that you can harm me because your harm does not reach me. And don't think that you can benefit me. Your benefit, me, your benefit does not reach me. You can't harm me and you can't benefit me. Anything that you do of sin and anything that you do of good, this goes back to your own benefit. If you pray and if you give charity and if you do good, man jahada fa innama yujahidu li nafsi wa man tazakka fa innama yatazakka li nafsi Anyone who strives, he strives for his own self. God doesn't get no benefit out of that. When you pray, God doesn't need your prayer. When we fast, God doesn't need our fast. Innakum lan tablugu durri fatadurruni Your harm can never reach me. And your benefit can never reach me. Anything that, what, so therefore, in the equation, your harm cannot benefit me, your harm cannot, does not hurt me, and your benefit does not reach me. Therefore, what is left? What's the, what's the equals? It only comes upon you. Your benefit returns back to you, and your harm only comes upon you. And if Allah Ta'ala made something halal and commanded something, to be haram, it is only for our benefit and protecting us from our har- our own harm. Ya ibadi, law anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum kanu ala atkha qalbi rajuni wahidi minkum. O my slaves, if the first of you and the last of you and the jinn of you and the ins of you, and all of creation, kanu ala atkha qalbi rajuni wahidi minkum. You can say that you can say that this is an explanation of the previous statement. Your harm does not reach me and your benefit does not reach me. He is explaining this. That If all of you were, your hearts were to become like the most pious heart of all humanity, like the heart of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, every single human being on this earth Every single jinn on this earth, first and last, 
beginning and end, all of you were to become like the most righteous heart, like the most righteous human being, then what? This would not increase me in my dominion and in my kingdom in the least bit. We understand something about the purpose of creation then here. This hadith, it, 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 it goes into something really amazing. Because we think about why did God create us in this world? Must be something that he, he must want something, right? He must need something. I didn't ask to be created. That's the famous statement of everybody. I didn't put in an application to make me, create me. Why did you create me? I didn't tell you to do it. No, but he did. Now shut your mouth. He is not asked about what he does. Rather, you will be asked and you will be taken reckoning of. So here it tells us that if all of you become the most pious of the pious, it does not increase anything in me. In other words, when Allah Ta'ala created all of the creation, what was the divine signature? You know when a, when a painter paints and then he puts his khattat, puts his you know, thing there and puts the year. What's the signature of Allah in this beautiful painting in that he made called the existence in the world? إِذَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقَ Right? كَتَبَ فِي كِتَابٍ وَهُوَ عِنْدَهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ كَمَا فِي الْرِوَايَةِ سَبَقَتْ رَحْمَتِي غَضَبِي إِذَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقَ كَتَبَ فِي كِتَابٍ وَهُوَ مَعْهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالْ كَمَا يَلِيقُ بِجَلَالِهِ He said سَبَقَتْ رَحْمَتِي غَضَبِي This is the signature of Allah. When He created all the creation and He was done, Allah wrote he stamped and he sealed it. And what was the seal? My mercy encompasses my wrath. Everything and all of creation that is created is not for his benefit or for anyone but for our benefit. And the ultimate objective of everything in the end is that Allah manifests his mercy. And do we know that who is the who is the mazhar, the mazhar of that mercy? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the ultimate al-mazharu tam li rahmatillahi azza wa jal. Kama qala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ma arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil alameen. Fahuwa mazharu tam li hadihi rahma. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala yudhiruhu yawm al-qiyama inda shafa'at al-kubra. كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام شفاعتي لأهل الكبائر من أمتي Amazing A lot of asrar in these ahadith A lot of asrar in these ahadith Very great, amazing things in these ahadith They're amazing So when Allah Ta'ala says Oh, beginning and end and ins and jinn If all of you become like the most pious human being that will not increase me in anything. I don't care. Whatever you do is not for me. It's all for you. I want to give you. I want to shower my rahmah upon you. Do you know? 
I made you and I love you and I want to shower my rahmah upon you. And when I created all of this creation, I said and I wrote and I stamped, Sabakat rahmati ghadabi. My mercy encompasses my wrath to let you know that I don't want to go that way direction. Don't make me go that direction. Nobody can make Allah do anything. My point is, yani, Allah does, Allah's purpose of this whole existence ultimately is to shower and manifest His rahmah. Subhanallah. And here also when He says, all the things that you do and all the pie, your heart, your heart becomes Your heart becomes the most pious of hearts. Your heart becomes everybody's heart. All the people in the world, in the universe, all the jinn and ins, the first and the last, the first person, all the way to the last person that is going to come before the day of judgment. Their hearts become like the heart of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It ain't going to do nothing for me. I don't need it. Allahu Akbar. That tells me something then about the purpose of all this thing. Wait a minute. This doesn't benefit you? Yeah, this must be something, right? It must be something that you have. You got some agenda that I don't know what's going on because I'm lost over here. I don't know what's happening in this earth. This explains to us. You're lost, but don't be lost because everything is for you. And it's going to come. He's going to further explain. This is why this hadith is the most amazing hadith. Then he says, يَا عِبَادِي لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَفْجَرِ قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْكُمْ مَا نَقَصَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُلْكِ شَيْئًا And the other way, if all of you, heavens and the earth, jinn and ins, first and last, all of you were to become like the most vile, sinful, evil-hearted person, all of you, Jinn and ins, first and last, from the beginning of time to the end of time, that will not decrease me in anything in the least bit. It will not harm me. I don't care. Wala ubali. La ubali. That you're harming yourself. You're destroying yourself. I want to manifest my mercy upon you. And then, Ya ibadi. Now, he says, his mercy. You see, that, you see the relation that's happening here? Anything good you do, it doesn't increase me. Anything bad you do, it doesn't decrease me. Now listen. This is a, there's a rabt here. There's a connection. يَا عِبَادِي لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ قَامُوا فِي صَعِيدٍ وَاحِدٍ فَسَأَلُونِي فَأَعْطَيْتُ كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مَسْأَلَتَهِ مَا نَقَصَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا عِنْدِي إِلَّا كَمَا يَنْقُصُ الْمِخْيَطُ إِذَا أُدْخِلَ الْبَحْرِ He said if all of you, your jinn and your ins and your first and your last, all of you get together on one straight empty plane and every single person were to make dua. I, could, I would give every single one of you your needs and that would not decrease me except how much that if you take a needle and you put it in the ocean and then you take it out, whatever is left on there, that is how much it has decreased the ocean. Yani nothing. Yani nothing. In other words, he's letting us know that this is what he is there for. 
this is what he wants to manifest, to give us and to benefit us and that we benefit ourselves. Ya ibadi, innama hiya a'malukum uhsiha lakum. What is this? What else do you have but your deeds that I will enumerate them for you? I will compensate you for them. What else do you have but your deeds? Yani, this is, this is telling us an amazing you know, reality of this whole existence. We're lost, we're hungry, we're naked, we're sinners. Everything that we have comes from Him. And anything that we do good does not benefit Him. Anything that we do wrong does not harm Him. And if we were to ask and ask and ask and ask, He would give us everything that we ask for and it would not decrease Him in the least bit. In the end, look at how all of this connects together. إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ أُخْصِيهَا لَكُمْ It is but your deeds. Focus on this. That's all you have. Right? That when you go in the grave, right? يَتْبَعُ الْمَيَّتُ ثَلَاثَةٌ فَيَرْجِعُ إِثْنَانِ وَيَبْقَى مَعَهُ وَاحِدٌ يَرْجِعُ أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَيَبْقَى عَمَلُهُ That a person, when he passes away, when a person passes away, he is followed by his deeds, by his family, by his wealth. فَيَرْجُعُ إِثْنَانِ وَيَبْقَى مَعَهُ وَاحِدٌ Two things remain behind and only one goes in the grave with him. يَرْجُعُ أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَيَبْقَى عَمَلُهُ His wealth and his family, they go away and his a'mal remain. That is what is going to remain for you. إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ Do you know who you are? Who are you? تو کی هستی؟ تو میشناسی که ما کی هستم؟ اونمو چیزی که از صبح تا شام میکنی اونم موستی Your amal, that's what you are You have nothing else This is who your identity is That is why it's the mercy of Allah That He puts the five daily prayers Throughout the day He puts the five daily prayers Throughout the day So that you can become Your deeds because you are your deeds. This is such a, there's so much balagha in this, it's so powerful. It's like saying, You have nothing else but your amal. What else is there? I will compensate you fully for them. Right? And then what will I do? I will fulfill, I will fully compensate you for them. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّتِ فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ There comes the word of zulm again. مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا Anybody who comes with one hasanat without to Allah Ta'ala, Allah multiplies it by ten. Every good deed that you do, Allah multiplies it by ten. وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ And anyone who comes with a sin, فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ He will not give you only what you had done and he will not multiply it. Only what you did. It will only be written as one. And if you make tawbah, that will also be erased. Subhanallah. Then, what does he say? فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلِيَحْمَدِ اللَّهِ Anybody who finds khair on the day of judgment, it's nothing but your deeds, brother. It ain't nothing but your deeds. If you find good, then thank Allah Azza wa Jal. Wait, 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 what about my deeds? 
What about, what about my deeds? فَلْيَحْمَدِ I didn't say, right? خَيْرًا Right? Then, be happy. Right? He says, فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ As we mentioned, the whole discussion above that everything is from Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah gave us the tawfiq. Allah gave us the ability. And if you find good on that day, make shukr to Allah that Allah gave you that ability. Be grateful to Allah Azza wa Jal that Allah gave you that istita'ah. وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ And if he finds something other than good deeds, who else are you going to blame but your own self? May Allah give us tawfiq to understand what has been said. This hadith, this is like, you can say, Surah Al-Baqarah of all of the ahadith. This is like the Surah Al-Baqarah amongst all of the ahadith. How much, subhanAllah, detail it goes and explains. May Allah Azza wa Jal give us the realities of these uh, words. Wa akhiru dawana and alhamdulillah.